How great is our God? Did y'all just say that? How great is our God? Man. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I will worship his name. Can we just take a couple minutes without any instruments or anything? Let's just worship the name of Jesus just for a couple minutes. I mean, think about all he's done in your life. Think about who he is. And let's worship him in spirit and truth right now. The name above all names, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the author and the finisher of our faith, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the giver of every breath. Lord, we worship you this morning. We don't want to be here without you. We feel your presence in this place. Stay with us. Holy Spirit, guide us and direct us. Oh, we just worship you. Wow. We give you all praise. We give you all glory this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what a sweet spirit in this place. Well, uh, Pastor Jerry, uh, I talked to him Friday morning. I hadn't talked to him since, so I, I asked Patty this morning how he's doing. And since he thinks he's doing pretty good, he's getting around pretty good. He even was able to get off the, the slack off on the pain meds a little bit yesterday. So that is a praise the Lord. When I talked to him Friday, he says, I think I'm doing better, Curtis. It's real slow going. So please pray that this pain will subside. I said, all right. But I think. I said, I believe we've been praying a little more for Pastor Linda than we have been for you. So we'll switch that up for a couple of days, and I think that may help you out. <laughs> I could hear her laughing in the background. <laughs> so let's just continue to lift him up in prayer that, you know, that the Holy Spirit will just be with him, and he's going to come back stronger than ever, and the Lord help us keeping up then because he's already a handful to keep up with. But we just... We's almost there when he was starting to slow down a little bit there. We could almost keep up, but and now he's got to go off and get better on us. That's a good thing. But the Lord wants to take me uh, we'll go to Ephesians this morning. Uh, we talked last week. I just really felt the Lord told me that, you know, I dealt with things last week about, and then the way he put it to me was really, uh, just really neat that I was fishing on the wrong side of the boat. You know, I kept looking at all the media and everything going on, and he said, Cast on the right side of the boat. You know, get in the word, get in prayer, get, get close to me. Um, so I'm going to kind of continue on with that. There's so many blessings and so many promises when we're fishing in the right spot. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Um, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Can you imagine that right now? Can you wrap your mind around every spiritual blessing? I can't even begin to comprehend what that means, but it right here is a promise that it is ours who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just as, and so we're going to go through, um, there's a few of those, I believe they're spiritual blessings. It's listed right here in this very chapter. So we'll kind of scan through those. 
um, just to kind of get our mindset on what it means for those spiritual blessings. Um, the first one is right here in verse 4. It says, just as he chose us in him. We are chosen by him. We are chosen in him. So that's a, the first spiritual blessing is, I want to point out right here. And it says, he chose us before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us. Here's number two, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. We are adopted heirs. We are, we are adopted into the family of Jesus Christ. We are his living sons and daughters. It says, according to this good pleasure of his will. Verse 6 says, do the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us. Here's number three, accepted in the beloved. We are accepted in the beloved, and the beloved's capitalized in my Bible, so I got to thinking about that. But it says, um, what did God say whenever Jesus came out of the water, he's baptized? He said, behold, my beloved son, who I am well pleased. So we are accepted in Christ. Verse 7 says, in him we have redemption. This is number 4. Spiritual blessing. We have redemption through his blood. Redemption, that is a powerful word. That we are that we are redeemed because in sin, sin is death. You know, we are we are we are deemed for death when we are sin. But when it says we are redempted, we have redemption means the ransom has been paid in full. We no longer have that, that debt of death in sin, no longer. Christ took that away. He has gave us that redemption. We are free from that condemnation. We are free from, from death and sin now. And not only that, it goes on, not only are we free from it, but we have forgiveness of our sins. He doesn't even look at it anymore. According to the riches of his grace, in verse 8, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. And number 6, I'm thinking in verse 9 here, it says, having made known to us the mystery of his will. He has spoke secrets to us. You know, and it's a secret that's pretty well known, though, that in his son, Christ Jesus is our eternal salvation. But he has spoke that mystery to us. That is a blessing. Without that, without having known that, once again, we'd be, derm, we'd be deemed to that um, life of death, eternal, eternal damnation, I guess, way to put it. The mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. In him, verse 11, in him also we have obtained an inheritance. That is another blessing right there. We have obtained an inheritance. We are heirs to every promise, to every blessing that God has for us through Christ. We are heirs to that. We have ownership in that. We are able to take part in that. According to the, we predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him, verse 13, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also, having believed, here's one more 
blessing that it talks about in here, spiritual blessing, that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to praise to the praise of his glory. But that final blessing there, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I'm going to look at that one and zoom in on that one, that one blessing right there, that we are sealed. The seal, uh, being sealed um, means a stamp with a signet, or it could be a, a private mark for security or for preservation. To seal up, to stop, it's a stamp of genuineness or stamp of authenticity. Using the Bible, it usually has a couple different meanings. It's usually ownership, there's a, there's a seal of ownership, and there's a seal of security or protection. And um, let's turn to Jeremiah 32.10. Can you bring that up for me, Dylan? Jeremiah 32.10. And this is uh, Jeremiah writes. Boston property said, and I signed the deed and sealed it, took witnesses and weighed the money on the scales. Next verse. Is that all I had? That's, that's enough of it. He signed the deed and it's sealed. That shows that he now has ownership of that property, right? Another thing, um, usually back in these days, that seal was by the king's signet ring. I read one part where they, they take wax and melt it, and then the king would take his ring and press it in that wax, and that made the seal, and that's what made it an, an official signet seal of that king was by the signet of his ring. Another one, let's go to Daniel six sixteen and through 23. So this is, uh, you know, when we're fixing to throw Daniel in the, in the lion's den. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth, at the, on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went into haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a, lament, a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, King, I have done no wrong before you. It's kind of a little bit different twist on the way it's used here. But the king signed the den so that nothing can get in. We think at first glance it's a bad thing that he signs the king that nobody can get in there to, to save Daniel from the lion's den. But I'm reminded of whenever... Jesus is telling the disciples that he's fixing, you know, that he's going to be hung on the cross. And Peter, he takes him to the side and starts rebuking him. And what does Jesus say? Satan, get behind me. For you know not the things of heaven, but you know things of man. You know, some things just have to happen. And that's kind of what I'm reminded of that signet there. When the king put that sign on the lion's den, that needed to happen. 
so God's glory could be shown. It had to be protected, not by anybody else. It had to be, it had to be known that only God could have been the one that got in there. Because nobody else can break the seal of the king but a higher king, right? So the higher king went in, and he did save Daniel from the lion's den. So there's only one other. That's just, I, I like the way that little that twist is there on that. I'm going through these kind of quick this morning, but um, go with me to Esther um, chapter 8, verse 8. We'll look at one more here. It says, you yourselves, this is, you know, when Esther, she made an appeal to the king to, to spare the Jews. So here's his response in verse 8. It says, you yourselves write a decree concerning the Jews as you please in the king's name and seal it with the king's signet ring. For whatever is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's signet ring, no one can revoke. Will you guys just say that? No one can revoke. What is sealed with the king's seal, no one can revoke. And what brought me to this Man, probably two or three weeks now, I was having lunch with somebody, and and, and they brought that about. And we, let's go back to Ephesians there, and that final blessing it says, "In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, whom you also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise." They quoted that verse while we was talking, and it just, and earlier that day, and it was for the second time, not the same day, two people had told me the same thing, but earlier that day. I was actually talking to Adam, and I was telling him, we got these huge sliding barn doors there in the restaurant that separate our party rooms, our group rooms, from the regular seating. And those things are warped so bad now, except for at the top where they're connected to the same track. But if it wasn't for that, the bottoms, would, I mean, they would just slide right past each other. They are so warped. And Nick told me this once, and Adam told me the same thing that morning before somebody quoted that scripture, it's because they're not sealed. Sealing has a great purpose. It keeps what needs to be kept in, in, and it keeps what needs to be out, out. There's moisture, the cool air, the warm air, all those external changes have warped those doors because they were not sealed. And I feel right now in the, in the spirit, and I hope it's not that none of us are there, but in case you are, that through things didn't happen the way that we thought they was going to happen this week. You know, we heard all these prophecies and all this, and I feel like people's sense of truth may be warped, or not their sense of truth, but their faith may be kind of warped because they don't understand why it didn't happen the way we thought it was going to happen. And the Lord's saying, don't, be warped. don't let that warp you. Don't let the things of the outside of the external warp you because you are sealed by my promise. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit that I left for you so the external cannot warp what's on the inside. It cannot change the truth that you know is on the inside of you. That our hope is in him. Our hope is not in an election. Our hope is not in the president. Our hope is in God and that truth is sealed by the Holy Spirit on the inside of us and no external. Nothing can change that. That truth is sealed inside us, and nothing, just like the king said in Esther, nothing can revoke that. That is ours. 
That promise is ours for keeps. It cannot be stolen away. It cannot be reversed. It cannot be revoked. We are sealed by the promise of the Holy Spirit. Man, you know, Jacob was talking last week about all that stuff is built already on the inside of us that the Jesus left us the Holy Spirit. He is our helper. He is our counselor. That cannot be taken away from us. He is our comforter. That stuff is built in. And then when we are sealed and we believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and he left his Holy Spirit, he has sealed that stuff. It is on the inside of us. And it is ours. So do not look at the external. Don't look at the media. Don't look at what's going on. We are still going through right now what we're supposed to be going through, regardless of what we think it should have been. We're going through just what God has intended for us. When we trusted in Christ for salvation, God sealed us with the Holy Spirit. He gave us the Holy Spirit as a down payment for all those spiritual blessings. And they are ours. They are sealed on the inside of us. Praise God. You know, the word blessing in translation from the Greek it means to speak well of when it's used there in Ephesians. Since God is the one that's acting in that verse, we can say that God has spoken good things about us or pronounced good things for our benefit. And what he, say, what he says, what he speaks, once again, it cannot be reversed. It is final. His word is final. And if he says that we are sealed, then we are sealed with every spiritual blessing that's all encompassing, that's all together. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. We are victorious. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. We are heirs. We have direct access to the presence of God that cannot be revoked. It was torn. The veil was torn from top to bottom. That cannot be reversed. It's been sealed by the Holy Spirit. We now have always have access to the Holy the presence of God. Everybody, you say, I am sealed. I have every spiritual blessing. It cannot be taken away. It cannot be revoked. I am a child of God. I am an heir. Whew, thank you, Lord. We cannot even begin to fathom what all those blessings are. I, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. That's what's sealed on the inside of us. That went a whole lot quicker than I thought this morning. Wasn't a whole lot to it, but I think I mean, I just really felt though that it was from the Lord that just because things didn't happen, it's still happening the way that he has planned for it. <laughs> when we're sealed, those blessings, they can't get out. The evil, it can come at you. It may seem like it's even working a little bit, but it cannot break you when we are sealed 
with the Holy Spirit. I don't know where to go from here, so I'm just going to pray. Lord, I just thank you right now. I thank you for every spiritual blessing on the inside of me and on the inside of every one of us. Lord, I pray right now that we acknowledge that we will grab hold of that, that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit and we cannot be warped and misconstrued. The truth is buried on the inside of us and it cannot be revoked. The truth that we are yours, that we are destined for your kingdom, Lord. That we are victorious in you, Father. The battle has already been won. It's already been fought. It's already been won. And we are on the victorious side. And we claim that. We speak that in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I just pray right now that you'll be with each and everybody as they go out. Um, before we dismiss, uh, oh, Matthew. Go ahead. God's been saying something to me recently. went really well with what he was saying. And for those of you who are really so hopeless, we see all these hopeless things that go on in our life in the world. We don't know how it's going to go. But think how God works. Think about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins. Think about what it must have been like to be his followers, to see him die on the cross. That was the most hopeless moment in history. But yet it was our greatest victory. Just because it looks hopeless, I would say that's almost an encouragement that God has something greater planned for a great victory. Praise God. Praise God. Robin, do you have a word? I, in my spirit, I, I believe that... Um, this nation is on the point of judgment because of sin. And the, um, the household of God is, uh, is about to be shaken. But that shaking is so that we will go back to the rock in a full measure. Because if you on the rock, you cannot be shaken. So the things around us, just like Curtis was saying, they will look bleak. And they will look bad, but it will be that we, we are upon the greatest revival, the greatest opportunity in the history of man to bring the kingdom for the kingdom of God to come in people's lives and the will of God to be done as we humble ourselves before the Lord. And the shaking will, will either humble you in the church or you will run away one or the other. But it's meant to humble us. Even Jesus himself, was he came as a man and he was humbled. He, and he humbled himself even to death, the death of the cross. And so I would encourage us to, when we get before the Lord this week, get on your knees and say, Lord, humble me so that the shaking won't have to do that to me. Because I want to be on the rock now before this takes place. So I would encourage you, body of Christ. We are, we're going to see things, we're going to see some really rough things ahead of us, but we're going to see the greatest things, all those things that the Word of God has put in your heart that you have longed to see and longed to be a part of. We're going to see that in this day, and I, am, I look forward to it, truthfully. I know that, that the Lord never fails, and uh, get, in, get in that place with Him so that you can be on that rock. Thank you, Robin. All right, if you would stay with me, I'd like to leave you with a pastoral blessing and then we'll dismiss.
you would just stretch your hands forward. This is out of Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 through 26. It says, The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Lord, we just accept that right now. I pray that you be with each and every one of us as we go out. We give you all praise. We give you all glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Dismissed.